Greetings, my friends. This is Chip from The Real Dirt, and I want to introduce you to the new Harvest Special Series. Ah. That's right, a whole series of uh, The Real Dirt's strictly on Harvest. Now, Harvest is often my and many other ganja farmers' favorite time of year. Those of you who only grow indoors, Harvest, (laughs) it comes throughout the year. But the outdoor growers and the greenhouse growers, harvest season really means the end of the year, September in in the Northern Hemisphere, September to, uh, we'll say, November, with October being Croptober. So, uh, yeah, man, I just want you to sit back and listen to the series of harvest specials where I'm just going to be talking a bunch of trash about harvesting ganja and things that go on around the trim table. And if we're lucky, we'll get some additional people in here to, to help us out a little bit. As always, sit back, roll up one of those fresh green ones. I know you're sitting down there right now at your trim table listening to me. You've got people around you that you've been with for weeks or days or or maybe even months and they're kind of getting on your nerves and and you're getting on their nerves and and you're smelling them out and they're smelling you out. And, uh, you know, it's time to just sit back, smile at one another, everybody with their own personal large joint in their hand and mouth, and listen to yet another episode of The Real Dirt with Chip Baker. If you like this episode or others, please download them at therealdirt.com or on iTunes, The Real Dirt Podcast. And we'd love to have you make comments. Tell us what type of episodes you'd like to listen to. Please go in, subscribe on iTunes. Please join us on Instagram. We've got lots of great photos on there. We'd love to share some of our listeners' photos there as well. Sit back and fire that joint up, man, and listen to The Real Dirt with Chip Baker. All right, my friends, here we are once again, The Real Dirt Podcast with Chip Baker. I am your host. That's me, Chip Baker. You know, I've taken a I've taken a few months off from actually making any podcasts. This is my first one in a while. You've been listening to some uh, Tony Don't Smoke OGs. Real fun thing for me to do, but it was actually like the first recordings that I made in the podcast world. And uh, it was really just to like test out my equipment. And Tony, a.k.a. Budular, a.k.a. T300, He's a really good friend of mine. We always have a great time smoking out in his garden or in his house. And if you haven't listened to any of those episodes, I encourage you to go listen to the Tony Don't Smoke OG episodes. We actually smoke a lot of OG, but uh, it's just a little bit about weed snobbery. So you've been listening to those, maybe a couple of other like uh, one-offs that I've made. But I, I tell you what I've been doing. Many of you know me from previously from uh, my products, Royal Gold where we made Tuper, Mendo Mix, Basement Mix, uh, now they make King's Mix, and my grow stores, Cultivate Colorado. I sold off my interest in Royal Gold a couple of years ago so I could build a new potting soil plant in Denver. I tell you, it's been two years in the making. We've built this facility from the ground up. 
Many of you have seen my Instagram page. You can find us on Instagram. I believe it's growers soil, growers underscore soil. You can see the whole documentation of us building the plant. You can also check us out on YouTube. I believe also growers soil. And yeah, we built this purpose-built facility from the ground up. It's a flow-through manufacturing facility where we bring all the raw materials in the front door and then process them inside. And they go with conveyor belts and small machinery and forklifts. They get loaded and mixed in the machine. We have a custom-made potting soil manufacturing machine. That's kind of an off-the-shelf machine. We've put some little add-ons, our own little bells and whistles to make it go faster and uh, be a little bit more efficient. Then it just rolls through, mixes all the raw materials, and then we have people on the other end that package it up and pallet it up. And, you know, I've, I've, I've been in the potting soil industry for a number of years. I imported my first cocoa bricks back in 2002. Any of you who've seen a cocoa brick, yes, I'll answer your first question. Customs absolutely thinks that it's drugs when you start bringing them in. Many, 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 many conversations with customs people in the early days about cocoa, cocoa pith, cocoa fiber. I was one of the first importers of this back in 2002, and I have built several potting soil plants. My first one was 2004 down in Salinas, California, and then I went to a co-packer that didn't work out so well. And co-packer is someone who uh, makes your product for you with your ingredients and puts your label on it man in some industries it can work out but in others it doesn't work out so well and it didn't really work out for me so I decided it was time to make another potting soil company and I built one up in Humboldt at an old timber plant rebuilt that a few times over the years so this is technically probably the fourth or fifth time I've put together a bagging and mixing line I am so proud of what I've done over here. I'm using one-tenth the diesel fuel that I was using with my previous operations because of the way I've logistically put everything together, my conveyor belt systems, and how I'm running forklifts and front-end loaders. Considerable improvements on that. I'm wasting next to no water, have next to no runoff. Very similar to the European RHP technique. You know, my previous plant, I would have like 10 or 15,000 gallons of water runoff in a day. And on our current operation, wow, it's, it's, it's almost unmeasurable at how low the water runoff is. So, uh, yeah, we've been building an incredibly quality product out there. It's a blend product as well. You know, my previous company... And my previous ideology was I was a pure cocoaist. I still believe that cocoa is the best product that we can grow in. You can use the smallest amount of pure cocoa into a pot to grow a fairly enormous plant. Yes, it has its difficulties. Yes, I think to in order like truly do great at it, you have to be a really good grower and a master grower and have great grow people working with you. But cocoa fiber straight is absolutely the best way. But in this new plan, I've I blend it with peat. I do have straight cocoa, but our current product that we, we have out, it's a high porosity product. It's the grower's high porosity product. It's made with peat, cocoa, perlite, lime, and calcium nitrate. This really does make the perfect growing medium. My similar product that other people have or make are like a ProMix CC or ProMix number four, Sunshine number four, or Tuper or any of the 70-30 mixes. It's very similar in drainage to that, but you know, 
man, the peat and the cocoa just blend so well together. And those of you who already have experience with peat and cocoa, you, you know what I'm talking about. The cocoa and the peat balance each other out in such a way that they, they're really complementary. Like I just made that word up. They complement each other. The peat, it holds more calcium, has an acidic pH. So this balanced out with the alkaline pH of the, the cocoa. It really makes it like come out just perfect the way we're blending it with hardly any pH adjustment at all. And yes, we do put lime in for a pH adjustment, very little amounts, just enough and then like calcium nitrate, you know, with cocoa products, you, you pretty much always have to have it. If you don't, you just end up not having like really a consistently great product. So that's also why we put the calcium nitrate in it. Gypsum for long-term calcium usage as well. I don't think I mentioned that earlier, but real basic formula. And it comes out to a little under a 1EC with all the nutrient we put in it, which is basically just a pH calcium pack. You can immediately water it however you want, feed it however you want. You should feed it, though, because there's very little nutrition in it. Yeah, this product works great, man. It works very similar to uh, 70-30 Perlite Cocoa Mix or the Tuper, which was you know previously one of my favorite products. But I decided to get away from compost and forest humus you know, in my products and really like wanted to make an inert product that was as bug and as weed and pathogen free as possible. And, you know, as, as much as I love compost and forest humus, and I'll proudly say I was one of the, when we got our composting license in California with Royal Gold, we were one of five composting licenses in Northern California at the time. And for us to do that with the technique we were using was pretty remarkable we really built an ideal composting situation up there, but I decided to get away from composting when I came here to Colorado. I really wanted to uh, embrace a, a weed-free, pathogen-free, bug-free product, and I felt the only way I was going to be able to do that is by getting away from the contaminants, and the contaminants are always cross-contamination between equipment, people, and materials, and compost. It's always where you get it from. Now, I'm not saying that you can't get it from cocoa fiber or can't get it from peat, but when you get these products in in a raw material, they're most of the time, they're bug and weed and pathogen seed free. And that's the way we like it. Keep it here at growers is bug and weed free, pathogen free. And we're going to try to do that. We're able to do that through this bakery like operation where we make all the product that we use that day and package it up many other companies you know and it is really cost effective to do it this other way the way that we're not doing it is many other companies they'll make a huge pile of product and many of you saw my old plan or know where it is and you'll see what i'm talking about huge pile of soil or forest humus or bulk soil and then you work through it for a period of days to get it down and my real goal here was to decrease cross-contamination that's what we've done with this indoor facility where we hydrate the cocoa fiber, blend it up with the peat all in one day. Perfect moisture level, perfect pH level, you know, incredible product. If you're in the Denver area, because right now, as of September 
15th, 2018, we're only available in Colorado and some of the surrounding areas, Wyoming, Kansas, Nebraska, New Mexico, Utah. We're only available in those like this small little region here. But if you're interested in trying Growers product, come into Cultivate Colorado today and uh, ask about it. You know, we've got a, a number of free bags, sample bags. And if you come in and you say, hey, you heard about this product on the real dirt and it's called growers and you're interested in trying and you heard you might be able to get a, a, a free bag. That may be the case when you go in there. We have a limited number of free bags to give away. And obviously, if this is when the next few weeks, we'll still have that product. Six months from now, we might not be giving the free bags away. So fall 2018, stop in Cultivate Colorado. They're in Denver, Colorado. We got two locations, 6400 East Stapleton and 666 Butchtill Boulevard in Denver, Colorado. Yeah, man, get some growers today. And man, enjoy like a, a locally made, a technologically advanced, environmentally sustainable manufacturing process. So that's what I've been doing, man. I've been making potting soil again, which is like one of the things I'm called to earth to do, right, is make potting soil and talk about weed, smoke weed, spread the word of the ganja, man. That's one of the reasons I'm here on this planet. And many of you that are listening to this episode probably also believe it's one of the reasons that you're here too, or that you're so excited that you get what I'm saying. So Babylon, Babylon, Babylon. It's harvest time all over the Northern Hemisphere. You know, years ago, harvest was different from when it is today. Today, we have reached such a, an epic achievement of legally regulated cannabis throughout the country that has changed for the better quite a bit. And, you know, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the changes in this first little episode of the harvest special. You know, now your harvest team isn't really your limiting factor. I mean, it still can be, don't get me wrong, but there are, you know, droves and droves of migrant labor that come to Northern California, Oregon, Washington now to help out with the ganja harvest. You know, in Colorado, you have to be a licensed and badged worker mostly, even though there are a few runarounds around that. So they don't quite have the influx of uh, trimigrants, as we call them. And I mean that with all due respect. If you are moving from one place to the next and you're trimming weed, I think it's great that you've shown up in Humboldt, Mendocino, Trinity County, up in Calacamas County or in Jefferson County in Oregon. You know, I, I think it's great that you're starting in the cannabis industry this way or you love being in the cannabis industry in this way. So I mean it with the most respect. But, you know, when we started out years ago, you did, the trimming wasn't the same. There weren't just like ads on Craigslist. There weren't droves of people coming to the area with signs, with scissors that say good people, right? Or uh, I'm not sure what a, uh, some of the other signs might say, but looking for work with scissors on it. You know, it used to not be like that. You would share trimmers with your friends. You would trim it yourself. Hell, I, I remember my first trim job was indoors. First volume of trim was indoors. I volunteered just so I could come and see the weed. And my buddy even joked about like us paying him to come and do it. Right. 
Because at that time, you know, early 90s, it was really exciting to be able to do this. And then it progressed from that to like you got paid in weed. You know, you come trim weed all day, you get an eighth. Right. And wow, man, that was some hot shit, dude. Talk about like being the man. You go trim weed all day, you get your eighth of weed, you leave stinking, you don't change clothes for a couple of days, you show it off a little bit because trimming ganja, you smell really good. That became like the new thing for a little while. And then we moved to Northern California. Partially one of the reasons we moved up to Humboldt is we, we'd been down in Santa Cruz for a moment, couldn't really find jobs or housing and heard this rumor that people threw away leaf and you could trim weed and get paid. So we're like, well, fuck, I can trim weed. I don't, I can, I can make ganja brownies or maybe keef or, you know, we didn't know what bubble hash was back then, but I can do that. So we rolled up there and trimmigrant style, got a job in a couple of days, trimming for some great people. And then that led into construction with those great people. And I had, you know, jobs with them and other people. And it really was a really great way, great introduction to the cannabis industry in Northern California. And many of you are doing that right now. And no matter if you're in Northern California or Colorado, the best way to gain entry into a cannabis operation is show up the trim table, work hard, let the boss and the owner see that you can work with a group of people and work around people and not get too stoned and still get your work done. And they'll often ask you to come and work in the grow room or come and work in the packaging department or the extraction lab or whatever other facility that they have on added onto this. And you can also move up in the trimming world too. You know, I know some of you are sitting there, this is your first year trimming or your second year trimming or third job trimming. And, you know, there's trim managers, there's harvest managers. Like these are going to be really important jobs here in the future. Harvest and trimming and processing is the thing that degradates or preserves the cannabis the most. Some people go overboard with it. Some people don't do near enough to try to help with all that. But it is one of the most crucial phases, in my opinion, the harvest of cannabis. So if you can do that really well, I totally see that there be a job advantage for you in the future as far as harvesting and trimming cannabis. The first thing that we learned trimming weed back in the day, day, for some of you motherfuckers were born probably. Everybody had their different way of trimming. And uh, interesting how it's kind of come full circle. You know, initially you left the close leaves on to protect the bud, to protect the crystals. But really, I think we were in the Southeast and people just couldn't stand throwing away a roach, much less, uh, you know, a, a, you know, a bud leaf with crystal on it. So we would, we would leave those on. People would call that a shaggy trim or, or whatnot, but it, it, it really did work to some degree. It did protect the cannabis. You're also not bruising it so much when you press the buds to trim out those uh, inner leaves. And I know some of you are pros and one snip, one leaf. I get it. That's absolutely how you should do it. But most buds get beat up a little bit when they get trimmed, especially commercially. So that, that was kind of the first technique. And and the next technique was, well, you know, the market's changed a little bit. We got to take some of the leaf off, but not all the leaf off. Because those guys, they were really concerned about the weight of the leaf. And they had their sales platform. 
And then it became for a long time, like, dude, you had to take every leaf, every crow's foot off, every stem off. And honestly, that's the way it should be, you know, that all of that non-smokable material is gone and, and people are paying for buds to smoke and that's what they want to smoke. So that really became how you should trim weed and commercially how weeds trimmed. People are sitting back at home in like, I don't know, Montana or Iowa and they're like, fuck that. I'm leaving all the leaf on here and then we're going to sell it down the street for $400 an ounce and go for it, man. More power to you. Uh, but mostly like nowadays for smoking market anyway, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, they, they want all the leaf on it, off it. We want all the leaf off it. Now we're changing to the second phase of harvesting and manicuring where in California, you actually have a processing license mostly to be able to trim weed. Now, I know there's people out there right now that are trimming weed in a supposedly legal operation where they have their legal license or their temporary license or their permit license and they're trimming weed, but it's probably not going to last for so long because the government wants all these ADA compliant areas for workers and you know it really is good for workers that there's proper airflow and proper toilets and proper like uh, walkways and you know fire suppression and safety measures so a lot of the trimming out in the hills i mean i know many 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 farmers that are abiding by these regulations they're drying their cannabis from their light depth their greenhouse their outdoor and then they're going to give it off to a secondary processing facility now, the interesting thing about the secondary processing facility is they're buying basically just dried buds, bucked up weed, whole plants, and are giving the farmers a, uh, you know, price per pound, either right then on the spot, or they're calculating out how much, what the ratio is going to be. Or some people actually like, here's your 200 pounds of buds, here's your 75 pounds of leaf, here's 35 pounds of stem, and there's your 310 pounds, we lost 10 pounds somehow. That's how they're doing it, which is it's great for some people because, man, I don't know about you, but <sighs> trimmings can be difficult. Trimming can be difficult. Drying weed, you know, it's challenging. It's something that takes care. Many of you are like, oh, it's easy. You just do that this way and it's perfect. And it can be. But as time and environment changes, like you to be a proficient and expert harvest manager and dryer, you have to do like a significant amount of work and checking and formulas and make sure that it's all put in in a certain way to be a certain way. So now times are changing and that growers are selling bucked up weed, untrimmed weed again, just like it was back in the nineties. Unfortunately, I don't think they're getting four and 5,000 pounds for that bucked up untrimmed weed. <laughs> they're getting less, even though the market price in California has skyrocketed this year and we anticipate seeing $4,000 indoor pounds for sale in California again. Outdoor light depth also going up in price, but uh, the availability of uh, indoor flowers is decreasing by the moment. And uh, there's a huge demand for that in California and the rest of the country. You know, other demands as much of this cannabis that's being grown right now is being pushed into extraction. And many, many, many of the big licensed people that's what they're doing with their weed is they're extracting it. And those you, you're out there right now, you're bucking up, trimming up, prepping weed that's going to be just extracted. Market's changing. It's not just for smoking anymore, brah. Concentrates and edibles are a solid 50% of the market. 
As I babble on, I take another little hit here. <clears throat> so, let's get into the one little last thing, and then we'll just call her done for the day. Is You know, it's really important to have respect for that trim product. And as much as you want to get through it fast, if you do it slow and precise, you're actually faster. So the best advice that I have is soft touch. Try to only pick it up with a stem. Using your scissors, chop off the leaf at the very base of the leaflet stem. So you have one snip, one leaf. Rotate each nugget between your fingers. And with precision Terminator-like roboticism, take off one leaf at a time. Now, this sounds slow, and people like to hear the of the scissors. And your grow manager or your grower, he might say something different. But if you're proficient, this is actually totally faster, is one leaf, one snip. And you also last longer. So be gentle, one leaf, one snip. We really respect the nugget, man. Respect every single dime-sized nugget and every football helmet-sized nugget. Respect each one, really. By the time someone gets that little bitty grain of nuggular that they put into their little bong or one-hitter someplace else and hit it at the end of the day or at midnight, or they scrounge it up in the bottom of the bag one day and it's their last hit, they love that nugget. They love it. You should love it, too. So there it is. There's Chip Harvest Special. This is episode one of the Harvest Specials. Uh, we'll have several other here. If you if there's anything you're interested in Harvest or want to talk about Harvest, uh, uh, just let us know. Just put them in the comments here on uh, our Instagram account or uh, our Facebook account or our podcast account or our website or our blog, any of those places. You can download this episode as well as others at therealdirt.com. Go there right now and click on the iTunes link and then subscribe to The Real Dirt Podcast. And as you subscribe, make a comment, make a rating, like this podcast, please. This really helps us out with iTunes if you do this. So go to iTunes, subscribe, and then make a comment and rate this podcast as the best weed podcast ever, brah. So there it is. This is Chip with The Real Dirt. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Once again, we will uh, see you next week, same time, same place, with another Harvest episode. Smoke it out, man! Uh, thanks for listening I do appreciate it lending your time and ear like I just said moments ago please download this episode as well as others on the Real Dirt Podcast and if you're in the Denver area please go to Cultivate Colorado and purchase some growers soil or if it's this fall you can probably get a one bag sample no problem just tell them Chip sent you for a one-bag sample you heard on The Real Dirt. Well, there it is. You have uh, wasted a perfectly good 30 minutes listening to me babble about weed, and specifically today about harvesting weed. 
please, if you've listened this far, download the Real Dirt Podcast on iTunes. Subscribe and comment about how much you like about it. If you're in the Colorado area, please go to Cultivate Colorado to buy all of your horticultural needs as well as get a free sample of Growers High Porosity Potting Soil. It's fall 2018, and if you walk in there, you can probably get one. There it is, man. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. And yeah, man, I'm just going to sit back and smoke this day away. Yeah.